Is it at all possible to be just friends with somebody who is the opposite sex? What do you think? But what do your opposite sex friends think? Might not be the same. Let's talk about that today on Adulting. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to this week's episode of Adulting. I am Miranda Marquit, and I am here with Harlan Landis. How are you doing today, Harlan? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing okay. <laughs> okay, then. I'm battling a cold, but we'll get through this. <laughs> yes, we'll get through it. So this week, we are talking about being friends with a member of the opposite sex. And one of the things that we talk about all the time and we think about all the time is that famous assertion in When Harry Met Sally about how so many people can't be friends with a member of the opposite sex. And it's just interesting to me that people think that because most of my friends over my lifetime have actually been male. And I identify as female, and most of my friends have identified as male, including usually my best friends. You know, I find it odd, this idea that you can't be friends with members of the opposite sex, but apparently I am in the minority. What is your take on this, Harlan? I've always had friends who are women. The question there is, has there always been some kind of latent uh, sexual desire that's associated with that, even if it's not expressed? And for me, I would think that not all the time. And certainly there are friends who I feel are platonic. But unless it's discussed openly, like Miranda, you said that you, you know, your best friends or you've had close friends who are men, but perhaps they've had feelings for you and you have not been aware of that and they haven't expressed it. So it's impossible to know from one person's perspective whether that is the case or not. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing that you bring up because according to the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships, there was a study done where they talked about people with opposite sex friends and they separated them out and guaranteed confidentiality and anonymity. And they found that when they asked them about you know, whether or not they've had attraction toward their platonic friends, men were more likely to express attraction and they assumed that the sexual attraction was mutual. On the, on the flip side, the women were less likely to report attraction, and they felt that with their guy friends, the lack of sexual attraction was the mutual feeling. So I found that really interesting. And then, you know, of course, now I'm reviewing all of my past friendships <laughs> and wondering, huh, was there, was there something there? Because, you know, I assumed, of course, that, well, I'm not attracted to this person sexually. Of, of course, they're not attracted to me. They seem to have no attraction to me whatsoever. But I don't know. Maybe they were hiding it. Yeah, you'll drive yourself crazy if you try to analyze all the relationships, especially those in the past, and worry about whether they were attracted to you or not, or especially for those relationships that are in the past or friendships that are in the past. Uh, it's not even, eh, you know, don't even bother thinking about it. 
Yeah. So I think that's probably a good way to look at it is sort of moving on from worrying about the past and, and moving forward. Uh, but, you know, is it important to have these friendships with members of the opposite sex? I mean, part of it is, is there's probably a growing number of these types of friendships because it is 2017. We have more interaction with members of the opposite sex at school, at work, in our daily lives, civic events, political events, all of this stuff, church, whatever it is, the traditional divisions between male and female worlds have kind of been disappearing a little bit over time. I mean, would you say that's true just anecdotally? Well, I mean, I think in, in my experience, there's always been an, a mingling of different sexes. I've never had any strict separation between men and women in in society as far as I've grown up, uh, except in sex ed class in, in, in grade school. And then the boys would go off to one area and the girls would go off to another area and they'd learn things for them. But that's the only division by sex that I've experienced in my life. So what, whatever that means for society, I, I think it's, I think it's absolutely fine. And different um, men and women, boys and girls, and whatever gender you might identify with. Uh, I think it's great that we're all together and learning about each other and being exposed to different things. And I, I think it, for me, it comes down to, so what if you are attracted to your friends? Whether it's appropriate or not for you to express it, that's a different question. But attraction is perfectly normal, and you can be attracted to your friends, and you just don't act upon it. At least that's my approach to it. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's nothing wrong with thinking that a friend of yours is cute or attractive, uh, as long as you're not making unwanted advances. And I think another thing about having friendships with members of the opposite sex is you get a different perspective on things and you kind of get a chance to understand a wider swath of people. And I've, I've noticed that it's really much easier for me to focus on connections with other humans than their actual biology. And I like the idea of not excluding a whole group of people just because of the gender that they present to the world. It's never been my experience that that happens. So I think you and I probably have different uh, experiences growing up. You know, for me, it's it's just I don't even give it any thought because why would I not spend time with whoever I want to spend time with regardless of what gender they are? Yeah. And, and I think that does kind of go back what you kind of touched on is, you know, I grew up in a very religious household in a religion that focused a great deal on gender roles, on traditional gender roles, and focused on the eternal nature of gender, uh, that it was something that was innate. I was taught basically to view men, to view males as potential husbands, and that's pretty much it. Uh, and, you know, and I don't know whether things are changing. I've, I've left the religion now, but I don't know whether things are changing in the way they teach things. And as far as I can tell, you know, we were separated from the time we were 12 years old. And even now, men and women go to separate classes for their essential religious instruction. And, you know, when you attend the temple, you're sitting separate from your partner. Your men are on one side, women are the on the other side. There's still very clear divisions. And most of my male friends when I was growing up were not members of my religion. They were outside my religion. Um, in fact, my best friend in high school was a Lutheran who invited me to their sleepover. And I was impressed because I had a co-ed youth ministry. And I was like, what is this? And the thing that impressed me about it was the men, the, the boys, instead of viewing me either as a potential mate or a temptress bent on their 
destruction. They saw me as a person. <laughs> and, and I think that over time, as I've had these male friends, I've, I've learned how important it is to view your friends as people rather than just like a set of biological traits. Yeah, I have to say that your experience is most likely not the norm for most of American culture. I think that most Fingers people, crossed. <laughs> I, I think most people grow up with interaction across all genders, even as more and more people are becoming comfortable with non-binary genders, the exposure to that is growing as well. And eventually, you know, people are just going to be comfortable dealing with everybody regardless of gender identity, male slash female slash anything else that you would want to uh, identify yourself as. I think it's a good thing for the country because it really allows us to focus on more important things. So yeah, I, I think I think the bottom line is some of the hangups that you grew up with, Miranda, are are not something that a lot of people would relate to. And that's a good thing. Oh yeah, honestly. definitely. And I like how you touched on, you know, non-binary situation here because uh, we often forget that when you get right down to it, gender really is a social construct and it's more of a spectrum and not a binary. And as we move forward and, and get to know people, uh, I think that's important. And one of the things that I was thinking about as I was thinking about, well, gender and opposite sex and all of that kind of stuff, I was like, well, I have gay female friends. I have lesbian friends. So how does that fit into this opposite sex situation, right? Because what if they're attracted to me? I mean, they're, they present female the same way I present female, but that doesn't mean that, you know, since since they are, in fact, either bisexual or lesbian, and one of them's pansexual. Well, <laughs> what does that mean? Right? It's like, well, should I issue being friends with them, even though they look female, just because if you're going to go into a traditional binary thing, they should technically be taking the male side. I mean, trying to categorize people like that starts to get exhausting. And it's fruitless, because then once again, you're not focusing on your actual connections with other humans. Yeah, and I'm sure they don't want to be categorized like that. Um, I know I wouldn't want to be categorized like anything, unless it was myself identifying a certain way. And that's all that matters. I don't think that you should view sexual orientation as not the same thing as sexual identity or gender identity, totally separate thing. So it's irrelevant oh, in, yeah. in what we're talking about in terms of creating relationships with, with friends. That's all we're talking about. So now if we're, we're going to go back, I guess, and talk about this a little more since it is something that is tends to get people worked up in the heterosexual world, or at least in my growing up heterosexual world. <laughs> but if you do have uh, members of the opposite sex who are your friends, I mean, how do you make that work? How can you move forward with that? Especially, I mean, people did think when I was married, my ex and I, my best friend was male and my ex's best friend was female. And I never worried about it. And I never thought it was weird. And he wasn't bothered by my friendships. But people thought we were strange. You know, how do you make it work? How, how is that something that you can make work in your relationships? Well, I mean, I think first of all, it's it's not strange. So accept that. And I, <laughs> I, I know that it for the people who are growing up in an environment where that is not the norm, I can understand why that can be frustrating or at least cause anxiety to a certain extent. But 
in the broader context, it is it is normal. You can have friends who are not the same gender as yourself, and it's absolutely fine. Um, I, I think it helps if you are honest uh, about your feelings for the other person, but depending on the type of platonic relationship that you have, there are certain things you probably don't discuss, certain types of discussions that are limited to those you are a lot closer to, which is fine as well. I do know that it makes sense in some cases for you. If you have a great friendship, you don't talk about your attraction because it could make things uncomfortable for the relationship. If you value, if you value that relationship, that friendship above everything else, which you may do. So if you feel that there's no way you can live with yourself, if you don't express the fact that you're attracted to your friend, then perhaps you should do that. But then you should be prepared to accept the consequences if those feelings aren't returned. And as we saw in that study, we often assume that the feelings we have are reciprocated, but in fact, they are not always reciprocated. But the only way to find out is to address the issue. And whether you're willing to address the issue depends on whether you're willing to sacrifice some stability for some awkwardness or worse. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, too. Uh, I like that sacrificing for uh, awkwardness. But I, I think one of the things, too, well, one of the things that I like when you talked about, you know, being clear about your feelings, you know, I always try to be upfront about it. And try not to. I, and sometimes I don't know. Maybe I, I fail at it miserably. You see me interacting with people from the outside, so I don't know. But you know, I try not to send you know signals or whatever because I do have a lot of male friends, and I don't want them to get the idea that there's like something else going on. And, e and even when I have more serious relationships, I'm also very clear about where I think it's going. Yeah, one thing, that, one, thing I, <laughs> one thing I've seen is that if there's a person A is attracted to person B and person B is friendly to person A, then sometimes that friendliness is interpreted differently. It could be flirting or just, you know, an attraction or being extra friendly. Those are the signals that you're talking about. Regardless of whether one person is careful about sending signals, it's all in the interpretation. You can't control how someone interprets what you're doing. And you don't want to put anyone in a situation where they could interpret something, but you shouldn't also be afraid of just being who you are. And if you are a friendly person or even a flirty person, that should be okay. Uh, as long as you make it clear, if it gets to the point that it needs to be communicated, you know, what, what those limits are. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, just, you know, adopting that open and honest communication goes a long way. And then I think too, you're, you need to be honest. If you have a significant other, it's a good idea to be honest with that significant other, not try to hide your friendships. I know people who, you know, try to hide their friendships or, or try to downplay them, but I think you do need to be honest with them. Uh, one of the things that my ex said once that I really liked was he was like, you know, you can't expect one person to provide all of your needs. And I agree with that. You may not, but and other people may not, but I agree with that. And that's why we need friends to help us fulfill those things. Yeah, there are lots of different emotional needs that we have as human beings. And one person 
cannot satisfy all of those needs and that's that's okay so i i agree with you there and uh yes yeah you have to be honest with your significant other with regards to all of your friendships and all of your relationships really i mean it's not like they don't have to know every single detail about every word that you've spoken to each other or everything that goes on but of course anything important you should just be on the same page with your significant other and that can be difficult, say, when your significant other is a jealous type of person. But you can't allow that to give you a reason to hide anything from your partner because you are partners and you should be able to communicate and get to the point where everybody is OK with the friendships that you or your partner have. Yeah, and I, and I really like your point about the jealousy as well. If you're always trying to um, hide something because you're afraid of the reaction or you think it's going to be a problem, then, you know, I don't know. I, I always just think maybe it's time to rethink the whole relationship situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes that makes sense. And, you know, I think everyone comes from their own circumstances. And if someone is jealous, there's probably a reason behind that. And the reason may have something to do with you or it may not have something to do with you, but it's important to talk that over and get to the point where you are comfortable. That would be the goal for for any relationship that you want to last. Another thing to consider, too, as you're doing this is we've talked about, well, maybe there's some attraction there. You know, if there is, you can acknowledge that even to yourself um, and then move on. I think part of the problem people run into is when they let it kind of fester a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, you've got Uh, to be true to yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And so if you can be like, okay, I'm feeling this attraction for them. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I'm glad I've acknowledged it. Now I'm going to move on. (laughs) And and I think a lot of it has to do with acknowledging and moving on uh, if you're going to kind of get through this situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's a good way to go. And, And like we said earlier, you don't have to tell every feeling that you have to your partner if it involves someone who's someone you just may be attracted to. I mean, if if you don't, if you're not going to act on it and it doesn't interfere with anything, different people have different opinions on this. And and I'm I'm just saying, you know, there we, we are not thought police for our for our significant others. It is natural to be attracted to people beyond your partner. And it's it's just a matter of how you react and how you act upon those things and how you communicate and whether you're honest or not. Some things aren't, you know, they, they don't really reach the level of importance to make a make a big deal out of it. But other things do need to be communicated. So I think that's important. And it's hard thing to decide, you know, whether it's something that needs to be communicated or not. That's a really hard thing to figure out and a difficult line to walk. But if you're really good friends and you really care about care about each other, you can get through it. Absolutely. And then finally, I think one of the best ways to make it work with a friend of the opposite sex is to focus on them as a person. And even if you have an attraction to somebody, you can still see them as a person and you can still see their humanity. And I think when you focus more on them as a person and why you are good friends and how you help each other, that makes any sort of attraction or any sort of tension secondary. So what are the things that we can do now to improve those relationships or at least be comfortable with them? I think the first thing is to look at your friend, like make a list of your your closest friends. You know, do you have these opposite sex friends? And if you don't, do you, you think you would benefit from it? You know, some people are perfectly happy not having friends of the opposite sex. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But take a look at it and really sort of think about what 
matters to you in your friendship circle and whether you want to include uh, members of the opposite sex. So, so really sit down and think about it and think about the benefits that it might bring to you. I still feel like this is a strange thing because, again, for me, it's always been natural to have friends regardless of what gender they are or how they identify. I don't even see it as something like you would, you know, oh, I don't have enough uh, female friends. I better go out and find some female friends. It's it, it seems so unnatural to me to have to focus on that. I do too, to a certain degree. And at the same time, I catch myself. I'm just, I do. I actually, one of the things I've been trying to do over the last year is make more female friends. I, I have actually like actively been trying to like find women <laughs> to spend time with. I agree that it's weird that you have to think in those terms. And I don't know whether it's a still a function of my upbringing or a function of where I live in the country and the cultural prevalence here. But yeah, I, <laughs> I've actually made that effort. So I'm the opposite of that. I'm looking at my friends list and saying, maybe I need more ladies on that list. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think it's great to have a di- diversity of friends. And that's across all the board, whatever categories you would use to put your friends into, whether it's gender or sexual orientation or job or passion in life, you know, whatever categories you have, it's great to have just a diverse group of friends. You know, I I think I think the question comes to so is your best friend someone of the the same sex or is your best friend someone of the opposite sex? Because a lot of people have a limited number of, of closest relationships. And then, you know, how does that interplay happen when you have a significant other? And uh, how do you make that work? That's probably the one thing to look at. And I don't think you should change who your friends are. I think you should communicate so that everybody's comfortable and you don't have to hide anything and there's no surprises. I like that approach. I'll... I'll have to take that into consideration. Uh, so another thing you can do is if, if you're looking for more friends in general, no matter what identity they present, join a local organization where you might meet people. Look around and you know it could be a political organization, a civic organization, an arts organization, a business organization. All of these organizations offer you a chance to meet more people and find people who have similar interests and who might be compatible with you. So we have a listener question. My mom keeps hassling me about my best friend. I'm a woman and he's a man. We aren't interested in each other, but my mom keeps asking me why we're not dating. How can I get her to understand that we're not romantic and to stop dropping hints? Yikes. (laughs) Yikes. <laughs> so what do you think? So I think I think really the best thing you can do is just sit down and have a sit down with your mom and just say, you know, hey, look, uh, I know that you're really anxious for me to date somebody and find the one and you think so and so is perfect. But the reality is I'm not interested in him as a life partner. We really enjoy each other's company. He's a great friend to me. But we're just not there. And I would appreciate it if you would stop mentioning this to me. I mean, I think in some places, especially adult children, as adult children, we have, we still have a hard time making those boundaries with our parents. And it's something that sometimes just needs to be done just to say, Hey, I love you, mom. Let's not talk about this. Let's talk about something else, (laughs) but let's not talk about my love life. 
Sure. I know some moms are just looking forward to being grandmoms, so they want to get things moving. But you have your own time frame and, you know, there, there are certain cultures and certain families and it doesn't, you know, certain people who would be okay with, you know, just an arranged marriage type of situation or parent as matchmaker. But if that does not fit you, then you shouldn't be ashamed of it and you shouldn't be afraid to just communicate and just uh, let your let your family know, let your mother know that you will find somebody on your own time and you appreciate her input and you'll continue to communicate with her and share with her how you're doing how with, with this progress in life if it's something that you even want. Maybe you don't want to date anybody. Maybe you don't want to get married. Maybe you don't want to be romantic. There are certainly people in this world who are aromantic and asexual and perhaps just aren't interested in that type of relationship with anybody. And it's not necessarily because, you know, they just haven't met the person yet, but they've either decided or they don't have the instinct to have those feelings for people, regardless of their gender. So you shouldn't have to apologize for just doing what you're doing and feeling what you're feeling. And you shouldn't feel pressure to be attracted to somebody just because your parents want to see it happen. You know, a lot of this becoming an adult is is really saying, okay, this is who I am and this is what I'm looking for. And as much as you know, you want to uh, make sure you're not harming other people at the same time, you have to be able to say, okay, I'm separate from that. And this is my own life. And I'm sorry if you don't approve of it. But this is the path I've chosen. And I think that's, you know, as, as long as you're on a relatively healthy path, and not harming other people. I, I think that it's important for those around you to respect that. Absolutely. So tell us, who's your best friend? Same sex, opposite sex, different sex, anything? How do you make that work? And uh, what does your significant other, if you have one, feel about that? We'd love to hear from you. So come to our site at adulting.tv slash A79. That will get you to this episode or discuss it in our community on Facebook, hashtag adulting. We'd love to hear from you there and uh, join the discussion and you could also subscribe at adulting.tv slash iTunes. And until next time, act like an adult. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.